Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to Changing the Lost Vanity. Vanity is a first edition Chronicles of Darkness game set in southern Florida during the year 1993. Father Katrina, played by Tillman, Raymond, played by Chris, Isabel, played by Andrew, Frank, played by Slavic, and Adam as the storyteller, as they uncover the mysteries of the true Fae and forge new paths for themselves in a world of beauty and madness. Follow us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM for channel updates, and we hope you enjoy this episode. So it's about 7 o'clock right now. Um, actually, no, we'll, we'll say it's later. Uh, this is a nightclub, not a, not a day club, you guys. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like 9.30 right now, and you guys are all separately um, starting to get yourselves ready to head to the, the grand opening of the Pulse Club. Um, it's sort of like an impromptu freehold meeting, like I had said. Um, Raymond, how, how, are you, how are you going to the club? So I'm just going to basically like uh, have like some charcoal pants on, like a, a, a white button-up shirt, like no tie, just like the top couple buttons undone. Maybe the, the bottom cuffs or the sleeves rolled up a couple times. Put on like a like – not like a Rolex, but you know what I mean? A decent watch and have some black dress shoes but and a black like leather belt. But he's not like dressed to the nines or anything like that, you know what I mean? And just kind of – Put on, you know, like he has the shirt, the shirt starched with like the pants, you know, a little bit and everything like that. Like basically he has a closet full of these, you know, different kind of polos or shirts like this and slacks that he wears either to his practice, you know what I mean? Or when he goes out to uh, events like this. So, yeah, that's what he's kind of dressed as and, you know, has a little bit of cologne on, like a little, not cologne, like a little bit of aftershave from when he shaved. So maybe you can smell that, but nothing too fancy. And um, how are you? How are you going to uh, make your way down there? Um, I'm assuming you. Yeah, Raymond has a car, right? What type of car does he drive? He probably drives like a older model, like a, kind of maybe an older model Cadillac, like a, like a five, six year old Cadillac, something like that. Nothing like brand new or super expensive or anything that to that extent. Just um, you know what I mean, like something that kind of uh, shows he might still appreciate. Nicer vehicles, but nothing like that. Obviously, it's going to cost an arm and a leg or anything like that. You know. I mean, you're a you're a, you're not like uh where you were before your your durance, but you are you are a somewhat successful plastic surgeon. Like you you can have a Cadillac. It's not that wouldn't raise any red flags or anything. Like especially that view. You know, yeah. it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like a it's not a fancy one or anything to that extent. So yeah. Awesome. Um. All right. So. We'll say that you're you're uh, driving down to the to the Pulse nightclub for the for the opening. Um, Isabel, you're getting yourself ready to head out. Uh, what's what's that entail? Quite a few things. Um, Isabel is the type who has like since she's been looking forward to this for so long. She has had picked out like an outfit for the past couple of days at least, and and spends you know hours. Uh, or at least an hour, you know, just taking care of her hair and, and putting on makeup, a uh, lipstick, the whole nine yards. She's dressing up um, as as dressed up she can possibly get. You know, it doesn't matter if this is just like a little opening of a club or whatever. It's it's to her, it's huge. You know, this is a thing that uh, is is a big deal to her. So she wants to look her absolute best, and so she will um, be wearing you know like a 
tight form-fitting dress and and uh, black dress you know something that uh accentuates her her natural beauty and you know heels and makeup and everything and so she'll um she'll be going out with you know just that uh small handbag and uh just with eagerness looking forward to uh the events to come okay awesome so i'm assuming you're just going to uh hop in your hop in your firebird and, and head down there anything oh, yeah. else you wanted to do before that or no cool just cool. uh just note that she's you know really really up. into this absolutely this is uh this is definitely her thing this is definitely her element um katrina what are what are you doing before before this grand opening grand reopening sorry well as i said uh she would just shower from training and so on and change into something not as nice as uh, Isabel is wearing, probably, but still uh, nice enough. Now, uh, like uh, a summer dress, maybe not black, but you know, a bit uh, colorful, um, like big colorful dots or something on there. Mm. Mm. I don't think she's uh, as concerned with makeup. For her, it's something that a costume designer helps her with. Um, if it is important, but uh, she herself does the uh, the basics, and she doesn't have a car, as far as I remember. All right, so public I, uh, transportation she... for you then? Yeah, I think so. So that will take cool, a while. Very cool. <laughs> it I won't gotta, take I... that long, to be honest. Okay, so I could propose something. I mean, yeah. I don't know. We're members of the same court. I would take it that we know each other, maybe or familiar. Absolutely. Um, I should I have know. I should have said this earlier. Um, you guys being court mates, all right, let me just say first, you're, you're vaguely familiar, at least vaguely familiar with every, you know, changeling that's part of your freehold. Like there's not really many like new faces, like you've seen them, you go to meetings and stuff like that, whether or not you know them personally, um, everybody in your court, you know, pretty damn well, like you guys have probably done a few things together, not like gone on crazy adventures through the hedge and like killed hedge beasts together and stuff like that. But you know, like you've handled some of your court's dealings together. Raymond, you would know Katrina and vice versa, as well as, you know, Frank and Isabel, you guys would know each other pretty well. Um, also, you probably know like a few people. I mean, Raymond, especially you are in pretty good with the summer court. So you would actually probably know Frank and Isabel um, to a pretty good degree as well. Um, and in general, like changelings that are part of this freehold, there's not like a, like a crazy, like court, court rivalries or anything like that. The idea of the freehold of Fort Lauderdale was to be like a more laid back, uh, example of the, of the courtly freehold system than, than what Miami was doing. Miami's always been very tumultuous, to say the least. Um, lots of different rivalries between courts, occasionally violence happening, um, you know, stuff like that, stuff that just didn't, you know, bring the right attention to changelings and, you know, just actually made life harder for them. So that's why the freehold of Fort Lauderdale became a thing. Um, the, the current king of the Winter Court had founded it in the 70s. Um, to try to break break out from the 
the Miami freehold and just start his own thing. And, you know, people who are, who are part of the freehold of Fort Lauderdale kind of take like a more diplomatic approach, kind of take the approach of working together with other courts to solve things instead of, you know, plotting against each other and stuff like that. That's not to say that that has never happened or will never happen. Um, you know, everybody has their own motivations and stuff like that, whether it's on the surface or not. But in general, this is a freehold that works together. You guys, you're, you are going to an event for the, for the um, you know, previous spring queen who has just, you know, um, come into this new property. You're going there to celebrate her and her success and her court success and, you know, the unity that you guys have as a freehold. Um, so, yes, you do know Katrina. Um, <laughs> you do know Frank and Isabel. Uh, I'm just saying I could pick up Katrina on the way there. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, if she's cool with it, or I don't know if that's something that his character, your character would do, Tillman, or whatever. Well, if you suggested it first, probably yes. But I don't think Katrina would put Raymond in that position because she knows, well, if I ask someone to drive me, yeah, they're going to be wanna... obligated. They can't drink. They can't have fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would offer, but I mean, not saying like you and I at this moment in the story, at least, aren't like the best of pals. It's just the fact that he has a good um, relationship with Nora. You know what I mean? The 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 queen of the the autumn court. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like this is his way of doing his part is to like help out. So yeah, I'd be willing to pick you up. Maybe we set it up in the. We could we could say that that Norma had kind of called on you to pick up Katrina. Um, if 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 you guys are cool with kind of you know me changing it back a little bit if that's cool with you guys um so we'll say like earlier in the day like um norma had called you at your office raymond and she had kind of asked you to pick up katrina for this grand opening and this is something that norma is really excited about too she's good friends with with allison the uh the leader of the spring court um all those guys are good friends, you know, summer, winter, they're, they're all buds. Like, especially the people who kind of take, take the lead for their, their, you know, court. Yeah. So we can say that, that Norma had called you at your office and asked you to pick up Katrina who, um, you know, she doesn't have a car and she wants all of her, all of her, uh, court members to be there. You know, it, it looks good if, if you, if you guys are all there, that means she has a good, you know, reign on her, on her people, you know? Yeah, definitely. Cool. Is that cool with you guys? Yep. Yes, sir. All right. So um, we'll say then, Tillman, you are uh, kind of just waiting for Raymond to swoop by and grab you, because uh, you know you had you had had that planned out earlier, and you know you're you're expecting a ride from him. Um, so we'll say that you are kind of standing on the on the steps to to your. Uh, your apartment building, you're outside right now, kind of sitting on the a short stone wall that's above the above the steps that lead to the door into your apartment building. And you're kind of just sitting there. And then uh, after maybe a minute or five minutes or so, you see uh, Raymond's Cadillac pull up. And you know that that's Raymond's car. And you know who Raymond is, of course. So I get out and I like open the door for you. Just kind of like stand there. Oh, how nice. Thank you. <laughs> That's kind of nod, and I close the door, and I walk around at the front of the car to my side and get in and start it. And then I'd, I'd probably drive for, like, silence for, like, a minute, and then I just kind of, like, look over at you, and I'm like, 
How was your day? Oh, well, uh, tiring a bit, but I'm excited for tonight. I suppose. I may. I'm looking forward to it. It's always nice to socialize with our type in open environments. And I really feel the need to be secretive, I suppose. How's everything holding up with the dancing, though? Finding much success lately with it? Mm, not recently, just been practicing. Um, I don't know. I've been staying away from the tournaments for too long. I need to get back on that. Why are you, you, know? why are you avoiding them? Uh, I, first, I needed to find a new dance partner. Now that I found him, I don't know. Sometimes I get um, uncomfortable. It's all still so new, but I think I just need to go for it, you know, but I'm not making that step. <laughs> Hard to build relationships after what we experience, right? Sounds like you have it much harder than me. I prefer not to have relationships, really, to be honest with you. Not that I'm against them or anything to that extent. As found nowadays, I find comfort more in a good book and the sound of the waves right by my house. And occasionally, if I feel like I need companionship, well, we always have our court and our companions in the city, right? Right, quite so. And you have a nice car. <laughs> if you would call this, some would think that this is a junker, and I kind of just pat the, the, the dash, you know? <laughs> Do you find it, though, to where people like your partner or people who are in the dance scene, you find it hard to relate to them now? I don't know. I don't know if it's just that I have changed or things have changed. I mean, dancing still is everything to me, but it's not the same everything. And maybe it's almost has more of an importance in your life than they could ever comprehend, I would assume. Wow, that's, uh, that's a difficult thought. I don't know. I suppose I should change the subject. This conversation may be a little too heavy for a night such as this. I'm just often curious. Sometime I would like to probably go and see you dance, see what all the hoopla is about. <laughs> I just kind of smile. I'll let you know about the tournaments. I hope you can overcome whatever's stopping you from doing that. That'd really bring joy to me. Uh, I think for me too. But you know, anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> anxiety is on the shoulders of all of us. Some of us just hide better, I assume. I just kind of look back at the road and stay quiet as I drive the rest of the way. That was awesome, you guys. Um, and I just want to say, uh, so... Um, Norma, your court leader, Katrina, she she has gone to see a few of your your tournaments in the past. She really takes pride in the success of her her courtiers, you know. Um, and she's gotten plastic surgery from you, Raymond. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> also, it's like and like you as a changeling, Katrina, you you understand the sort of the impossibility of relating to another mortal human being like your dance partner in the way that he would he would you know like you to relate to him you understand that like because because you are what you are now that's that's just not really ever an option that you've ever considered um but then again you also realize that um contact with human beings and interactions with human beings are what keep changelings grounded. It's what keep, what gives that, what lets them uh, maintain their clarity and their sanity. Um, people who try 
and you've seen this before. You, you know, you've been a changeling for a little while now, and you've you've seen this happen before. People who try to cut off their associations with with humanity, um, totally, they they suffer for it. They they go mad. They they lose the ability to differentiate what's real and what's what's not real. And you know, it's it's sad. You've seen it happen to to members of your own court. You've seen it happen to members of other courts. And it's, it's just, you know, all, all of, all changelings, all lost have gone through this, this insane experience. You know, not everybody is able to bounce back from that. You know, I would almost say that like Raymond is in the very first baby steps of heading in that direction. You know what I mean? Like, like he's not there yet, but like him, like, just work and then home, work and then home, and then only going out for like interactions with the lost, not really having any kind of like a normal life. Yeah, it's yeah. Like he's starting, just starting. That would, to- that would put you on that path potentially, you know? Not saying you would immediately just start to unravel, but that sort yeah. of lifestyle. Yeah. And I mean, you, you, Raymond, you have uh, quite a bit of knowledge in, um, like, you have, you have three dots in occult fae. So I'm just going to say that you know about clarity and you know about how it works um you know what can happen too but i mean it's just it's it's one of those things that it's just you know even though you know what the potential outcome could be it's it's hard to it's hard to change who you are especially after such a insane experience you know yeah definitely awesome all right any anything else you guys wanted to add for that scene that was amazing by the way great interaction i think i'm good all right, I'm going to go yeah, on to Frank. All right, Frank, uh, it's about 9.30. Um, you know that your court mates and your other freehold mates will be heading to the Pulse nightclub soon. Um, your king, Emmanuel Rice, has you know, asked you personally to go and to sit at his side you know, to, to represent the summer court. You are somewhat of his right hand, his enforcer, and he... He wants you there to um, to make an appearance. So, um, how how are you how are you planning on getting down there? Uh, you know, there's there's buses, there's taxis. Uh, you could walk. It might take you a little bit, though. Uh, I think Frank will drive his like ancient Honda Civic from like who knows what time that he sort of got from as a hand-me-down from one of his courtmates or something. And, you know, they taught him to drive it. The first couple of years were rough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining you doing, like, burnouts in a parking lot, and they're just like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Don't forget that, you know, he, he's always, you know, almost every car is too small for him, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, manual or automatic. I mean, it's America, so I would hope it's automatic. I mean, many a clutch were ruined. <laughs> in the- <laughs> All right. Um, is there anything you're doing before you before you head out to the club? Or uh... oh yeah, he probably has like ripped jeans or something, oh, or, or maybe sweatpants, and he has like a tracksuit jacket. Styling. All right. That's awesome. Um, okay. So uh, is there anything else or are you, are you just going to head down there? 
yeah, I'll just head down there. Or if anyone from my court needs a ride, okay, we'll say we'll say no. Nobody, nobody, nobody had had reached out to you for a ride about that. So you're flying solo. Just me and Fluffy. Way just you and Fluffy. Oh yeah, and that's right. And you're bringing Fluffy, so you're not flying yeah. solo. Got a awesome co-pilot. It's gonna definitely get you some chicks tonight. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, we will say that uh, Raymond and Katrina kind of arrive in the Los Olas area first. Um, you, you see the, the nightclub because there's, there's a pretty decent line of people standing outside. Um, you, you guys found some street parking that's just like, you know, not too far away, maybe like a minute walk. And you can see like the, the line of excited people to go check out this um, – you know, this, this reopening of this, of this nightclub. Uh, so when, when Allison, the, the queen of the spring court had, had purchased this property, it had been like a different nightclub. Um, still the same style, uh, like house music is really popular in Southern Florida. So like a lot of clubs, you know, most of them are just playing like house music and stuff like that. Maybe with some sort of, uh, like a Latin influence thrown in there. Um, and for the most part, Allison has kind of kept it in a, in a similar, you know, same style of club. The, the aesthetic of the club is completely different, but, um, it's still, it's still like a house, like Latin music club. And there's, there's, you know, there's a, a decent crowd that's kind of gathered to see this place open. Um, you, you notice right off the bat, they're, they're all mortals, of course, um, but the bouncer, the man who's standing the door, you notice him as um, Craig Baker. He's he's a changeling from your freehold. He's a member of the Winter Court, and he is a ogre. Um, Raymond, if you saw him, you'd probably know uh, that he is what they call a, a gristle grinder. He is a an ogre with a just very. Uh, disgusting mouth full of full of jagged rotten teeth um and that's that's just like one of you know part of his one of his like main features that you just kind of can't really disregard when you see him or you see him talk or anything like that um you don't know him personally you've seen him at functions you know he's kind of the 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 big dude for uh people in the winter court and he's working the the door um letting people in checking checking ids for people who are young um telling people no you can't come in if there's like too much dude you know just doing like the regular like doorman bouncer stuff and um he he sort of eyes you guys um as you as you're exiting the car and i'm assuming you guys are kind of making your way up the street towards the club yeah, yeah, I'm gonna like kind of walk next to her, mm -hmm. like she's an equal or whatever. You know what I mean? While we walk up to the door, and uh, so so as you get as you get to the door, he he notices the two of you, and uh, he just he just uh, holds a clipboard in front of him, and you you see the clipboard. It's just it's just a blank piece of paper, and he just says, "Okay, yep, great," and he lets you guys in um, right right ahead of the line. You know? Okay. Um, yeah, actually, uh, Andrew just made a really good. Good point. Um, uh, let's describe our, uh, our our fey means at this at this point. So, um, Chris, I mean uh, Raymond and Katrina, um, 
Describe like what your what your changeling aspects kind of look like in this scene. How they're you know paint the picture for me a little bit. So Raymond's changeling aspect basically, um, he's because I take it like they would see the same clothes that like we'd wear normally, right? They see that, or do yep. they not see that? Or uh, yeah. clothes clothes remain the same. They're they're not affected by the mask unless it's a unless uh, there's a certain type of thing. It's called hedge spun. And you know that um, hedge spun clothes are clothes that are made inside of the hedge. They have magical oh. properties, and and those have a mask in the same way that changelings do, where a mortal will see something different than what another changeling would see. Um, but for regular mundane human clothes, um, those are completely unaffected by being a changeling. Okay, so he basically uh, like a. Um... He looks like he's almost. Uh, I mean, he has he, he has a humanoid shape. You know what I mean, like a male shape. And when I say that his, it's like smoky in nature. I don't mean like there's wisps of him coming off. I'm just talking about like he his 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 structure looks like it's as if it's made from smoke. But you could tell like there's jawline, and but you can't tell like you know there's eye sockets there, and there's like a shape of a mouth when he speaks, but there's no like clear distinct when you look at him, like looking at me, you can't see like my eyes shape or my pupils or, you know what I mean? Or teeth or anything to that extent. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but you can see like when he, when his, you can tell if he smiles or you can tell if he frowns or, you know what I mean? You can tell his, his facial mannerisms. That's currently what's at the, at the moment now, you know, uh, very like, uh, you can tell when he's looking at you or when he's speaking to you, obviously, you know, but like, that's how he looks at the moment. Okay, yeah, and I've always, like, I, from your descriptions of him and stuff, I always imagine it as, like, and I mean, you can totally, sh- dude, shut me down if I'm, if I'm just, like, you know, dead wrong on this, but I imagine <laughs> it as, like, a, like, a sculpture of a head that's, like, not completed yet. Like, you can see, like, the sockets where the eyes would be. You can see, like, you know, like, the um, undetailed shape of ears or, like, the undetailed, um, you know, uh, beginnings of a mouth or a nose or cheekbones or you know regular facial features but it's not it's not um it's just kind of like basic basic. the foundation yes it's the foundation exactly that's exactly what i'm trying to say what exactly what i'm going for yeah okay awesome um and just really quick i feel like i should have i should have uh described um craig a little bit more he's a like I said, he's a, he's a big ogre. He's a he's a gristle grinder. So he has this this um, distinctive trait of just disgusting, huge, you know, rotted teeth. And he's kind of he's dressed in a way that you know he's trying to appear right for the club, but it's just not working out. He's got this this blazer over this dirty ass white t shirt that's just going right above his his belly button it can hardly cover his gut and you know he's tried to button it but he can't button it all the way it's it's definitely a size too small um it's this really ugly uh like orange neon color uh very flamboyant um you can see he's got a few a few gold chains on um yeah and just you know and he's he doesn't have uh like hair really it's just kind of like these really small um sort of like it looks almost like twigs that just kind of are protruding from from his skull and uh one thing i wanted to say like for the most part you see changelings in their fae in their 
their changeling form. Um, they can make it, a changeling can spend glamour to make it so other changelings see them in their mortal form. So if you wanted to, you could spend glamour and people would see Raymond, you know, other changelings would see Raymond the human, not Raymond the um, mirror skin, you know? Um, how do you get glamour back? If I was to spend it uh, oh, to do that. Yeah, good question. Um, so basically you get glamour anytime like a human has like an emotional response to you. You understand uh, like humans are the, are the key to glamour for, for the most part. I mean, there's, there's other ways, but for the most part, people, uh, changelings get glamour from their interactions with humans and the effects they can have on them. They can, they can reap gram, um, grammar. They can, they can get glamour from <laughs> other ways too, but for the most part, um, it's, it's, it's causing an, an emotional reaction within a person is what, what allows the changeling to, uh, f- you know, feed in a sense and, and take have to match glamour. Your court, right? If I remember correctly, it has to match your court or something it, like that. So you get more glamour when you, um, when you are able to like inspire your court's emotion. So you being an autumn court member, if you scared the shit out of somebody, you would get more glamour than if you uh, made them feel sorrow or made them feel desire. But generally it's, it's just emotional responses will, will get you glamour. If I understand if correctly. I do like plastic surgery and to help someone basically look a certain way. I could get glamour off of that. Right. Like, yeah, I mean, if, like if I make them happy or absolutely. Yeah. Like, so, um, I mean, that could tie into des- like feelings of desire. If they're wow. fucking scared as shit of getting surgery, you could possibly be reaping some glamour based on their fear. I was going to say, I would like to spend glamour then to look like my normal human self. Even to right the other changelings. The other okay. Yeah, the other changelings. Okay, Absolutely. so I'm going to mark one off of my thing. So, And um, the reason why I brought that up is um, – there's like a way, I mean, like you, when you look at another changeling, you, you see their fame means, but like when you squint and you, you look at them sideways and you try to really focus on like the ways that they might appear mortal, part of you, the, the weird allows you to, to see it a little bit. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you can't like focus on them in, in like this mortal form unless they, you know, have spent the, the glamour to, to just be full mask. You know what I mean? Um, an interesting tidbit to strengthening the mask is yeah. that uh, even when you spend the glamour to hide yourself, um, your shadow still shows your true form. Oh, that's very interesting. I did not realize that. That's, that's actually pretty cool. pretty cool, though. Yeah. So, like, I'll, I'll say like this for future interactions. Like, Raymond, if he um, is in, like, in a normal social status like this, will spend the glamour to, like, where people see his 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 mask but if anything shakes him like if any of his emotions start playing up especially his anger he'll drop that you know what i mean okay like like maybe it's even like uh subconsciously he'll just drop it you know what i mean to show like okay it, like when he, his mood starts swinging you know so all right sorry i didn't mean to interrupt but i was just no no this. not at all not at all this is awesome and um yeah and you know so so you're saying like you're the type to uh when you can you try to remain in your masked form even yeah. your your peers, that's just your. I mean, Unless I get an emotional state, yeah, like when yeah. I'm in the somber kind of state I am now, I try to stay human. When I get an emotional state, it's like a buildup. It's like first he'll drop the mask and he'll look how we described. He'll look, and then when his anger starts rising, remember I said like red will start creeping into the like red swirls of smoke will start creeping into 
you know what I mean? That foundation. That's when he's like mad, you know what I mean? So, or when he's upset or angry. So, but, uh, yeah. And it's definitely, it's definitely like a thing that you've, you've seen like other changelings do before. Some of them are just not comfortable in their changeling form. They, they're embarrassed. They're horrified. They, they feel ugly. They don't want to be seen in that way. They just want even their court mates, even their fellow changelings to see them as, as the human that is no longer, you know what I mean? Yeah, All definitely. Right. That's not my is, but yeah. Sorry. Okay. So, um, and uh, Katrina, did I have you describe your, your fame means? Sorry, I got a little sidetracked with all that. <laughs> not yet. Uh, right, it, Shoot. it goes the complete opposite direction of that of Raymond. It is more defined instead of less defined. Like every feature about her seems exaggerated. She has uh, longer legs, longer neck, um, thinner waist. Um, her facial features are very much effective. And... Uh, her skin is painted in like this um, pastel painting. Like it's not very highly detailed, but uh, you can definitely make out it's painted like a uh, rose bush and basically uh, red hair forms um, like the tip of a flower. Very nice, very nice. And she will keep that look for the evening. And um, when you say her face is painted, is that is that something that is like a part of her mask, a part of her her fame? Mean, I mean, her fame means. Sorry, I'm getting it twisted now. Yeah, is that uh, some permanent okay. now? Okay, like, awesome. I guess when she escaped, it was only a temporary thing, but then she couldn't rub it off anymore. Okay, great. All right, so um, he opens opens the door, and um, sorry, he. Um, Craig Baker, the the Winter Court doorman that that had uh, you know just looked at the the list and and given you guys the nod to go in, he kind of opens up the uh, you know those heavy metal doors that have the the push bar that you that you open in places like that in you know all all sorts of different like school buildings, office buildings. It's like one of those just heavy double doors, you know what I mean? And he pushes up the the side of it and just kind of holds it open and leans back for you guys to go in. I motion for her to walk ahead of me, like, you know, ladies first kind of thing. I walk ahead. Um, All right. Like, and I follow, like, behind. Give a small thank you and <laughs> to, uh, what was his name? Um, Craig. Craig, yep. Craig. Um, so uh, as you guys walk in, um, all sound is kind of just drowned out by this blasting, uh, you know, loud house music that's coming from speakers that are you know, all over the place. Um, just to describe what this place looks like really quick. Uh, you guys have just entered like the main door. And so as you look forward, you can see there's a, just like a main bar, which is this really, really long, long, extravagant um, glass surfaced bar with these blue lights underneath that are just kind of, it looks like a illuminated like ice cube almost. And it just it stretches out pretty far, and there's there's a there's a like about three bartenders tending bar, like you know, throughout this this long long uh long bar table, and then you can see that on this you know where the bar ends, there's some stairs that kind of go out um, leading upstairs, and there's like a separate level upstairs where there's kind of like a a um like a booths and tables 
and stuff like that, sort of like um, uh, places where people can sit and like places where there's kind of like a, a VIP area. And then further beyond that, you can see some stairs that lead up into like a, like the office of, or I don't know if I would say office, but kind of like the, the back room, maybe the place where the owner, or the manager or whoever is in charge would, would be hanging out, you know? And, um, oh yeah, I forgot this part right before the bar. There's a, uh, so you can see the bar ahead of you. It's, it's sort of along the, along the back and in the middle, there's this just giant, dance floor um and the floor appears to be made out of like the same thing that the bar the countertop of the bar is made out of this clear almost glass looking almost crystal looking material with different blue lights kind of shining um to to the rhythm of the music it's it's a really nice setup um it it's the direction that she's taken it is a lot uh classier a lot more intricate um than the previous owner had had. And you see like a, a sea of, of mortal people just dancing the night away, um, getting drinks. Uh, it's just a, the basic, you know, pop in nightclub on a Friday night. And looking, looking beyond the bar to where the stairs are, um, you see up in the, up on like the, the second floor where the booths are, there's kind of like an area of um, like private tables, I would say. There's like a small chain that clips with another doorman who kind of, not a doorman, a bouncer who will, you know, kind of unclip the chain to let people in and out. And it's just, you know, obviously not to, it's just to prevent, you know, people who aren't VIP from entering into the VIP area. And you guys see, you guys see Norma there uh, sitting at uh, one of these private VIP tables um, she has, um, she has four other changelings, uh, with her. Um, and these, these are people that you recognize as your courtmates. So yeah, you, you see her, she's, she's sitting with, with, um, essentially the rest of the autumn court and you guys kind of, um, are able to make, make your way up to where she's at. If you want. I'll look at, uh, Katrina. Um, would you like to join the others? Uh, yes, of course. After you, then I kind of just probably don't hide the fact I'm uncomfortable, and you don't need places like this now, you know. Okay. Um, all right, and then I want to skip ahead, skip for a second. Uh, we will say that Isabel is arriving to the club now. Okay. Um, Isabel would take a approach to the door that uh, makes sure she gets the most attention possible by walking past the entire line, you know, making sure that uh, she's noticed by as many people as possible, you know, just trying to see if anyone's looking at her in any way. And if, if she gets any, like, eyes looking at her direction, maybe give a wink and just keep walking towards the front. Um, as far as her mean, she's... Um, I, w I was thinking, um, I know you said we could, uh, we could like just describe it however we want, uh, but I kind of like the idea of having an increasing one over time to kind of add to the personal horror of the slow change of becoming more and more in tune with oh, uh, yeah. her changeling side. So at first, like with only just one in her weird, I want to say that she has like uh, the long fingernails, pointed ears, and, and uh, just like the solid black eyes and just like, sinuated curves. 
of like a, a succubus. Some like there's like maybe just a hint of like little horns coming out of her forehead, but not nothing dramatic or anything yet. She just looks um, just overall a little uh, somewhat somewhat intimidating, somewhat like alluring. And um, so yeah, as as you approach the club, um, just so many so many heads <clears throat> turn as you walk past this line of people. Um, males, females, um, just so many people in the line are taken by your, your strange beauty. And that's, that's the thing too. Like even changelings have this way of of them that they can, you know, they can be like weird and beautiful at the same time. And it's, it's just, it's not something that's easy to explain, but it's, you know, even another changeling who sees you, even if you have like certain features Sometimes changelings will have features that are horrific and they have features that are just like absolutely stunning. And it's like, you know, a lot of them are just this weird balance of stuff like that. Um, and I really like what you said. Um, you want to keep your, your uh, fame mean as kind of like a more subdued thing. I think that's very cool. And uh, yeah, that's awesome. We should definitely. Um, so yeah. And uh, Craig, the, the doorman sees you. Um, you recognize him, uh, not that you like know him per se, but you know that that is Craig of the Winter Court, and you know he gives you a smile with his, you know, you can see the just empty black spaces where teeth should be in certain parts, and you see the, you know, jagged kind of somewhat fangs, like some are fang-like, some are like just totally flat. It's just like a mismatch of just you know, nasty teeth. And he gives you this smile. And, she'll uh, return it definitely. She's not put off by, you know, his uh, form at all. Oh, yeah. And um, he looks at the blank piece of paper again and he uh, says, yep, right this way. And just like the others, he leans back and pushes the door open for you. And, she'll um, make sure that she just ever so slightly brushes up against him as she passes and give him a smile. And he, he chuckles at that. <laughs> Because you know he he knows he he definitely recognizes that you you are a looker you know you you are you know you get attention from everybody you pass because you have this this striking beauty um, and you know these very uh, I don't know features that just that just inspire lust you know what I mean yeah. And, yeah, and uh, she's definitely trying to play that up while she's here. This whole thing, this is a chance for her to kind of like uh, flex, you know? Yeah, awesome. <laughs> All right, so she'll, so- she'll brush right past him and just kind of smile. And when she comes inside, um, just kind of take a brief look around at like everything that's going on, and she'll go to the bar. Okay, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you approach this this really. Um, like I described, it's this long glass countertop bar. Um, there's about three bartenders working there. Um, and I also just want to add, um, all the staff at this place is mortal. Okay. Um, there's, there's no like changelings that are kind of like passing out drinks or anything like that. It is the type of place where there are staff that will walk around with a tray and maybe, uh, give out free drinks to people and try to keep the, the party atmosphere going and stuff like that. But um, everybody that works there is human, and there's nothing to indicate that they, you know, are are keen to to anything you know, supernatural. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, they don't even realize that you guys are part of any type of groups or anything like that. Um, so yeah, you approach the bar, and 
there's this um, young guy. He's a he's the bartender. Uh, you see him. He's he's got this blonde hair that's um, you know short on the sides. It's uh, feathered up in the front a little bit, and it's long in the back. It's the the classic mullet. Um, and he's got this white uh, button-up shirt uh, and a black bow tie, which you notice is what all the, the staff is wearing. And he's shaking a, uh, a martini shaker back and forth. And he notices you, and he, he immediately is just – you just see his, his face somewhat change as he's taken by your, by your appearance. And he's just like, well, hello, miss. What can Cosmo. I get you today? Cosmo. Coming right up. And she'll kind of give him a coy smile and just uh, take this, uh, this, this, like, she wants to put on the body language of someone who is approachable, you know? Like, mm -hmm. she's here to get attention, she's here to dance, and she wants someone to talk to her. Very cool. And you see, um, he, he finishes up the drink that he's, that he's working on, and he goes to make your Cosmo. Um, all the while, he's just kind of uh, looking back at you you know, seeing that you kind of gave him a look and he's just, you, you can, you get this, this air that he's kind of just like, whoa, is this real? Is that babe really talking to me right now? Is this really happening? And he's like, man, I knew this job would fucking rock, man. <laughs> and like, so he's, you see him, he's, he's shaking your drink. He's trying to look, look pretty fucking cool for you. You know, he's like trying to do some, some bar tricks, swing a, swing a bottle around and catch it. And, um, he, he does clumsily catch it before dropping it to the ground. But yeah, he <laughs> finishes whipping up your drink and, and uh, kind of suavely slides it over to you. She will uh, um, take a moment to just kind of stir it, take a sip, and then uh, thank him. He says, you're welcome. And you can see he's got the, uh, you know, the, the classic white rag that he's just like wiping the bar down with. And he he's kind of leaning in. To s he's leaning in to see if maybe you'll talk to him more or something like that. He's, he's just like, oh, hell yeah. Oh, no, she doesn't, uh, she doesn't uh, try and take the first step or anything. If he wants to talk to her, he's going to have to strike up a conversation. So she'll just be kind of quietly just sipping at her drink and seeing if he, uh, if he wants to talk to her or if anyone else approaches and gets her attention. All right, let me. I want to roll for this guy really quick to see if he has the balls to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do. Uh, let's see. Roll four balls. Now there is a uh, thing in the book for seduction that can be an opposed check if you want. Okay. It uh, it can be con contested or an extended check. And is it's, there really anything? opposing right now yeah i don't know i just it's up to him if he wants to see if he can like use that or something else i don't know what what is the role for it um if you're the seducer you're using either presence plus persuasion plus any equipment bonus or okay. manipulation and persuasion and then it's opposed by wits and composure equipment bonus <laughs> yeah like yeah, equipment bonuses of like uh, a good pickup line is a plus one, or appealing cologne, or you know, nice clothes, yeah. that kind of stuff. That's actually really awesome. Yeah, okay. Decorative katana. <laughs> Look at my amazing katana. Five hundred dice right there. It's automatic success. <laughs> you know what? I don't even. I'm. Not, I don't even. I'm not going to actually roll. Roll for that. 
I'm I'm just gonna say that he uh, he kind of he kind of like after leaning in for a little bit and you know you're not you're not biting. He's like maybe this girl is a little bit over my level, and you okay. know he kind of he kind of realizes that yeah that was a long shot and uh, goes back to making drinks. Still giving you the look like wow holy shit. Well, she she definitely. Um... She definitely doesn't uh, feel taken aback by that, you know. It's more mm-hmm. of a she's she's just if you've got the balls to approach her, she'll talk to you. <laughs> this going. guy does not actually though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's okay. It's his first day, you know. Give him a break. Um, all right, yeah. So you get your drink, and you know you're you're just sitting at the bar now, sipping the Cosmo. Um, just kind of it's observing. a decent Cosmo. You've had better. And um, yeah, so, so like just, I did, oh, I'm sorry. Go on, man. I was just, she's just kind of observing and, like I said, making herself look like she, you know, is approachable. Very cool. And um, like I described to uh, Katrina and Raymond, you you take a look around and you see, like, the whole layout of this nightclub. And you see the stairs going up and the different tables and stuff like that. Um, you know, you see the you see the Autumn Courts table and looks like uh, – you know, Raymond and Katrina are kind of just just walking in to, to greet their court. And then when you look over to the other side, you see um, you see the, the summer court leader, Emmanuel, just kind of uh, leaning over the railing. And he notices that, that you notice him and he gives you a, a nod to just signify, you know, we're up here. Um, not not to, you know, he, he knows that you're going to do your thing, you know, whether it's having a drink or having a dance and that's fine. You know, he's, he's just letting you know that that's where, that's where your people are at. Okay. She'll take her time getting up there. You know, mm-hmm. it's one of those things where she wants to just kind of like, it was a long day. She did have lots of, you know, people that she was going around meeting and showing them houses and stuff. And so she just, she does want to kind of let loose a little bit first, you know, just kind of, uh, uh, ease up on on all the seriousness of the day and just kind of relax. And so, first, she's just gonna maybe wait it out, maybe ten minutes or so, and see if anyone wants to talk to her, offer a dance, something like that, maybe another drink. If not, then she'll like slowly make her way around the room towards that area. Okay, awesome. Um, and now I want to cut to Frank. So you are pulling up to the club, and you're uh kind of beat up hand me down civic um being the last one to arrive uh it's kind of you kind of have to look a little bit harder for parking but sure enough you find it not too far away uh like the others just maybe uh you know less than a minute's walk to the place and um as you step out of the car and you turn and you see the club and you see the line of, of people waiting to get in hopefully if they're if they're lucky enough Seems to be really popping. Um, you see Craig Baker of the Winter Court um, standing standing guard at the door, letting in people a little bit at a time. And you you both make eye contact. And he- so the the moment that Frank sees Craig, he shouts Craig, and you know starts waving at him, and he starts running towards him. <laughs> so you go to run across the street. Um, a car slams on its brakes and honks at you to avoid uh, running you down. And uh, he just, he sees you and he's like, oh shit, Frank. It's just like, <laughs> he, he, he likes you, you know, you guys are buds, but he knows that you're, you can be like a lot of, you can be like a, a handful, you know, but he, he likes you. You're a nice guy. And you guys are, you guys are both 
um, ogres. So you kind of have this weird connection of being like huge fucking dudes. And <laughs> even though you guys represent different courts and stuff like that, and you have different um, uh, like seemings, uh, y- you know, you guys, you guys see the similarities in your, in your appearances somewhat. And uh, you know, he, you know, you guys are you guys are friends. So when you when you approach him, he immediately um, goes to to pet uh, Fluffy, and he's just like, "Oh, and you brought Fluffy with you? Yes." Oh yeah, I didn't want him to be alone. Right, Fluffy. Oh. <laughs> I'm just thinking about right now how like fucked up it would be to bring a, a, a fucking dog to a nightclub. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you want emotionally scarred dog, yeah. this is gonna constantly catch his light here. <laughs> No, but but to you, it's that makes sense. Like, why would that be a problem? I mean, you you love your dog. Like, this is gonna be fun. Like, you're you're taking him with you. You know, like, um, so you know, like the others, he looks at the blank piece of paper, and uh, you know, pretends to check off something, and then he he just opens the door and politely uh, motions for you to enter. Okay, so. Frank enters, and Frank's mean is, well, he's a gargantuan ogre, so he's basically huge, you know, uh, really strong, uh, really, you know, powerfully built, uh, probably has a full beard or something, nothing, like, too strange. And um, so uh, you're you're greeted with the same um, same sounds and sights, that uh, that I just explained to the others here. Uh, the sound from outside is, like I said, once you walk through that doorway, immediately drowned out by just the loud bumping house music. And this is the kind of place where it's so loud, like you have to like yell into your friend's ear if you want them to hear you. Um, and when you go upstairs, it's it's a little bit quieter. Like you can you can have a conversation, but in general, this is a loud place. This is you know it's just cranked up to 11 and people are just going crazy on the dance floor um drinks are flowing you know you see these these uh wait staff um kind of walking around with these trays of uh like blue colored drinks that somewhat match the the blue lights of the of the bar and of the of the rest of the establishment this sort of like crystallized like ice aesthetic that they're kind of going for um which is like a stark contrast to the just pretty much blistering heat of southern florida in the summer it is just like a almost like tropical environment where you know it's just like wet and just like um like humid and hot like all the time and um so you see uh you see your your court mate isabel um enjoying herself would you uh isabel would you say you're still having a drink at this point or maybe you're dancing a little bit or what are you doing um at the at the moment that uh frank come enters the the club um unless uh, unless she's been approached by someone she wouldn't have gone out onto the dance floor she's uh more trying to see if she can get someone to come to her okay um, and so uh she if, if that hasn't happened she would be still there uh trying to make herself look you know available okay absolutely maybe at the bar just uh sipping out a drink okay keeping it keeping it uh slow so that she doesn't you know just down a bunch of alcohol 
Absolutely. Um, and this is interesting, actually. This is just like a side note. Um, I was reading the rules for clarity uh, like the other day, and I think you can like I, – I don't think this like applies to alcohol and like general like party yeah. and stuff like that, but you can lose clarity if you – take like illicit substances it it, it weakens your like LSD, like, yeah that's that's what like i kind that. of interpreted it as to if you're uh, doing like drugs you then... yeah but um i mean yeah like i i definitely yeah in 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 our game of changeling changelings can can drink yeah it's not it's not like a, th- a thing to worry about yeah. <laughs> um, maybe apply yeah. to just hallucinogens i think so i think it just applies to like drug like you know, like like drugs, like I think it's mind serious ones. Yeah, like yeah, mind altering substances. Um, okay. Yeah, just a side note. I don't know why I brought that up, but anyways. Um, now this is cool. I like that because it's like a tutorial for me. You know, like I've never oh, played cool. this game, so <laughs> I love hearing shit like that. So it's, I'm learning about it. So it's awesome. Good, good, good. Yeah, you pop some LSD, you lose your mind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, if you have that artist between reality and not reality it's not going to help you to take hallucinogens exactly <laughs> okay well so i'm safe just having a cosmo or two. Oh, absolutely or two or three or four like whatever you want like okay you you, you know your thing like i'm not gonna yeah oh you're crazy <laughs> now isabel he's totally gonna approach her like hi isabel shouting um, <laughs> well, you kind of have to shout. She'll smile at you, um, but she's not going to like shout across the room. She'll wait till you come up to her, and uh, just hi, Frank. It's good to see you again. Uh, have you seen Manuel? Uh, I think he wanted me to, uh, you know, be there with him. I um, I did right. That was yeah, the one he who... did. He, he uh, leaned off, leaned kind of over the balcony, and kind of gave you like a wave to. Show you that he okay. he knows you're here now and stuff like that. I'll tell Frank. Uh, well, I did see him earlier. He's upstairs. Um, I was uh, biding my time. Oh, okay. Uh, I'll go see. By the way, I brought Fluffy. <laughs> that poor dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Isabel gets it. She's like, oh shit. <laughs> kind of fucked up it's just really loud and the dog's probably like cowering right now (laughs) loud he's like oh no what's happening um and yeah frank you uh uh, can we say that like that uh isabel you you kind of motioned to where you saw um emmanuel kind of give you a wave earlier and he's still standing in the same spot um you know kind of kind of somewhat somber kind of in like a contemplative state and he sees frank and he uh you know he gives him a nod and then kind of motions for him to like come upstairs oh well got to go talk to you later (laughs) i'll see you soon (laughs) and then frank as you as you make your way up the stairs of the nightclub um as you as you get to where the stairs end um you see all these all these different booths and tables and you kind of see um emmanuel he he walks from from where from the from the railing that he was leaning over to to signal to you, he walks over to where the the VIP area is, and a in a a mortal um, bouncer unhooks the chain and and lets the both of you in um, to to where the uh, summer courts table is. 
And uh, he has an empty seat. He sits down, and there's an empty seat right next to him, which he has saved for you um, at at his right hand. <laughs> uh, he literally wants you to to sit at his right hand. He and he like I like I said earlier, um, the the summer court um, Emmanuel, or like as you you guys call him Manny a lot of the time, or you just know him as Manny. Um, he he really 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 likes you, Frank. He like. He has like the utmost trust in you. He, you know, with your with your mantle three, you are like the embodiment of summer. There's like a, a hot air that you know people feel when you walk by. Sometimes you embody its traits, and because of that, it's you know it's it's almost affected your your fame means in a sense. Um, and your standing within the court is you know is is pretty strong. You're 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 like a, I don't want to say you're like a bruiser because you're you're like a you know you're a gentle guy. I'm not saying you you go around and, and beat yeah. people up, but you're you're the defender. You're you're somebody who's always gonna have his his friends and his courtmates backs, and they see that and they recognize that, and and that's one of the reasons why you're sitting at the right hand of of the king of your court right now. And so, the two of you sit down, and um, you know you you say hi to your other other court mates. Um, you recognize uh, that Eric Gilbert is there. Um, your other friend, Bethany. Uh, your other friend, Christy. These are just, just different changelings from your court. And um, there's, only, there's only five members of the, of the summer court other than you and Isabel. So like, it's, it's, a, small, it's a small group. It's, it's a little table, and you guys are kind of all sitting around it. And um, you know, he welcomes you. Just says like Frank, I'm really glad to have you here by my side tonight. And he puts his hand on your shoulder, and he uh, he notices the the backpack that you're carrying and the you know the kind of movement in it. And he's oh, you I brought your dog here. Well, great, no no problem. That, that's fine. Well, I'm glad to have you here by my side tonight, son. Uh, as you know, this is a it's a pretty big day for the freehold. Look at uh we got one of our one of our own well not one of the summer court, but one of one of the members of our freehold kind of entering the, the, the business world as it seems. Owning her own her own nightclub. This could be a, a pretty great thing for the freehold. I mean look at all the look at all the people that are here. You know, this is just a just a, a sea of 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 people that we can, you know, we can sustain ourselves from, you know, look at the, look at all the, the passion and the emotion that they're feeling down there. And, you know, he kind of like points out to the um, dance floor where there's just like people, you know, dancing and it's obscured by these, by these like strobe lights and um, different sorts of like uh, nightclub, like lights and effects and stuff like that. Hello folks. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts, or just media in general that deals with your favorite White Wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded, one which wouldn't be drowned out by random posts and discussion so that your media could get the attention you want? Well, we have the answer for you in a Facebook group we run called White Wolf RPGs Gameplay and Media. The group is specifically ran 
with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. We are currently over 1,000 members strong, and we are continuing to rapidly grow with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there. High Level Games, the industry's first choice in taking your games to the next level. We are a podcast blog and new media network at highlevelgames.ca. We have blog posts about all of your favorite games going up five days a week and a podcasting network with actual plays and shows that discuss role-playing games with more rolling out all the time. We are on iTunes, Twitch, and YouTube. Find out more information at highlevelgames.ca, a site that certainly isn't controlled by a shadowy board of directors of otherworldly origin. That's highlevelgames.ca. Please, help. They're coming. Hey, do you like World of Darkness? Do you want to introduce your friends to it? But there's one problem. Nobody reads books anymore. This presents you with a problem, doesn't it? You want to get your friends into these awesome games, but they don't have the time or wherewithal to read any of them. Well, that's where Brett the Hitman comes in. Brett the Hitman, your one-stop shop on YouTube for all things related to World of Darkness. Currently in the middle of his Werewolf the Apocalypse series, which is showing tremendous growth. It's going to the moon! That's right, watch Brett the Hitman and you will get style. Flair. Humor. <laughs> and of course, some dank meme magic. Fucking normies. <laughs> Brett the Hitman on YouTube at youtube.com slash I love other people's misery. So watch now. If only for the dank memes. Tune in today! The Los Angeles metropolitan area is constantly growing and changing. Central District is full of new buildings. The Hollywood and Wilshire Districts, once far from downtown, now are part of a which spreads past Beverly Hills and out to the ocean. Why is all this going on in Los Angeles? Why is Los Angeles an exploding city? 
Neon Masquerade. The Demon's Mirror. Thirteen Candles. Three Chronicles Running Through the Undead Veins of the City of Angels. The Esoteric Order of Role Players Actual Play Podcast invites you to drink deeply. Go to eorpodcast.com and search the duets tag to find out more. Hi guys, I wanted to let you know about my YouTube channel, the video journals of Mike Bailey. Mike Bailey is a character I play in a live-action vampire game called New England Nightmares, which uses the new Binite Studio rules for Mind's Eye Theatre. The Chronicle's set in the city of New Haven, Connecticut, and we run on the third Saturday of every month in Southington, Connecticut. Most of the credit for the stories told in my journals comes from the plots developed by the amazing storytellers who run my game. So the videos on my channel are basically an in-character video logs of the newly sired Ventru Mike Bailey. They follow him from his days as a naive mortal, to his violent embrace during the Anarch Revolt in the city of London, and on to his arrival in the shores of New Haven. The journals show Mike trying to come to terms with his kindred nature, his powerful but impure blood, and his attempts to hide his past from other members of the court of Prince Lucius. They put out updates every two weeks, and I love feedback and questions, so check out my channel, subscribe, and leave me a comment.